What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Coming to you a day late. It was a long, it was a three-day weekend. It was a holiday. And uh, needed to, uh, you know, recalibrate. Get our feet back under us, but we're here. Grayson Weir's with me as well. Grayson, good afternoon. How are we doing? Doing well, Zach. You know, long weekend is always nice to reset. We're officially into summer. The dead season is officially here. We've got basketball finishing up and hockey finishing up. But after that, it's it's slow out here in the streets. But that just means we're we're one day closer to the most wonderful time of year. So I will take it step by step. Yeah. Um, real quick before we start, I have a beef with um, whoever installed the hose spigot on the side of our house in the, <laughs> in the front. So, which you've never been to my house, but not the new one. <clears throat> the driveway is at like a, a, you know, it's slanted as we go back into the backyard. Um, it's on a hill. My son has figured out the hard way when he's been in like his little McLaren that you push him in and then he'll start screaming and I have to like run over there and catch him before he goes off the side of the driveway. But so it's slanted, but also whoever installed this thing angled it down towards the driveway to where I just spent 30 minutes before we started the show outside getting a new hose onto the spigot because it is like you have to jam this thing at the perfect angle to catch in the grooves. And then you, and then like, you know, your hands are wet. The, the hose is wet. So like I'm having to like use my shirt to like dry it off and like turn it. it took me 30 minutes. Oh, so I, I just want to know what idiot did that. Like I'm not even handy or like, you know, do stuff. You know, I don't build or install things very often. I pay people to do that. Yeah, I'm just being honest with myself. I don't, I don't know how to do all this stuff. So if you're an expert and you can do it for a fair price, I will pay you. Yep. But 
yeah, the whole time I'm doing this, I'm like, man, I just want to find out who did this. I want to punch them in the ear because this is so stupid. <laughs> anyway, we got it installed. We, 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 got to, we got some landscaping done on the front of the house. So you, you got to water that stuff in the morning. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, I just shelled out a couple, couple hundred today to, to get our yard ready for the summer. And it's, dude, you got uh, to. it's just so worth it. It's, it's starting to percolate. You know, my, my wife's got the, the, the two raised beds in the back dude, we got lettuce on lettuce on lettuce. Oh yeah. We're starting to get some tomatoes, starting to get some peppers coming in. Um, some of the other veggies are lagging behind a little bit. We're probably going to have to move the beds because one of them doesn't get a ton of sun because of the trees in our neighbor's yard gives them a little too much shade, but we're, but we're moving and grooving over here. But yeah, in the morning I gotta, I gotta water everything in, in the, in the, in the garden and then all the, the landscape spigot. and then I got to get it on the front. And so we had like a 50 foot hose that was long enough, but I mean, I was having to like get in a power stance and like hold it and then like water everything. Cause it was, you know, it was at the 50 foot mark, maybe the 51 foot mark. <laughs> anyway, we're here. Let's talk a uh, big Just official visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to get off the top, get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> all right, big official visit week for the Rebels. Um, if you follow along in the daily recruiting thread at omspirit.com, part of on3.com, you've seen that one Diablo Valley College safety Roman Rashada is in town. He arrived. Tuesday afternoon, late afternoon, evening. And then uh, I believe it's Oconee County or is it Ochone? It's in Georgia. Oh, man. We'll go with. All the, all the Georgia people are yelling at their car right now. Um, I think it's Oconee. Anyway, Whit Weeks, linebacker, um, on three consensus, three-star. I think he's got a legitimate shot to make a case for a four-star at some point. From Watkinsville, Georgia, if that helps anyone. O-C-O-N-E-E County. I believe it's Oconee. Um, he's in town um, for his official. We'll get into these two. And then in the second segment of the show, we will talk the weekend visitors, the two big ones, Jonte Cook II and Marvin Burks Jr. Two, uh, two, two, uh, two JRs in town. One's, uh, one went with the Roman numerals, and then one went with the, the old school junior. But... Um, yeah, so let's talk Rashada in weeks first. So what do you got on those two guys? I'm just curious to see. I mean, Roman Rashada is a good player by himself. He's not necessarily a great player. He's a good junior college transfer that you could get into the program. You could add depth to the defensive back room. And hopefully, if not, you know, by the time the season begins in September, then next year, you're able to kind of get him on the field in more of a prominent role. Um, I just, I'm just curious to know at this point, you know, when Ole Miss offered him and when Miami offered him, it was pretty much feeling like, maybe not looking like from, from an insider's perspective, from, but it felt like it might be a, a package deal for him and, and his brother. Um, doesn't seem to be the case anymore. It looks like Roman's going to go do his own thing and Jaden may or may not follow him. I mean, you and I both are of the belief that he will not end up at Ole Miss. Could still end up at Miami. Has a couple of visits to, to AM coming up. Um, we know the NIL price tag. 
obviously if he gets down there to college station will uh will be pretty sweet but roman is his own guy he's 6'1 190 maybe closer to six foot 195 he's he's a little bigger and stockier than than he might be listed on a roster but he's a good player he's he's on his toes he's quick he gets downfield um and he has a really good sense perhaps because his brother is a quarterback he has a really good sense of reading a, a quarterback's eyes and being prepared for the throw before it gets to whomever it may be that he is covering so nothing to scoff at obviously you hope that by offering a guy like roman machada you get a good depth guy at corner and then you also get his brother again doesn't seem that way so you have to look at him individually um, and take him as a prospect of his own three ish star juco guy Um, if you had to have me put a star rating on him probably a a lower end three star not a bad thing i mean you're adding depth to a room that needs depth uh there's a constant turnover really across the entire country at the defensive back position uh, beyond quarterback and and receiver and, and the skill positions cornerback seems to be that kind of uh transfer and and movement heavy position on the defensive side of the ball and roman machada obviously coming from a juco has experience above the high school level um, meaning that you know obviously he wasn't playing on the fcs or the fbs level but he has experience you know in a college program he knows what to do he knows how to act it's a good addition if you go get him and it seems to me like he i mean he's in oxford now he posted something last night at actually this morning at 12 39 a.m he was in the weight room so clearly he's got the work ethic and maybe down the road he becomes someone who you can rely on in that room i just think for now he's more of a depth piece uh with the hope that maybe in the off chance his his brother ends up following him to oxford um but it seems like Ole miss or miami and I don't really have an indicator of which way that coin will flip, but I think Ole Miss has a good shot to go get him. And then if that happens, you use him as a recruiting piece for his brother. Yeah. I've, I've heard conflicting things that his offer is contingent on his brother giving Ole Miss a legitimate shot. I don't know if I believe that or not. I think um, the staff is, I don't see this staff doing it where it's like, all right, we're offering you to get your brother. If we don't get your brother, piss off. I don't right. think, I don't think that's true. I think I it's be, a bad look if it is true. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's recruiting and you got to play the game. I mean, Denzel Kimdichi was a solid high school player and Ole Miss took a chance on him and he ended up being really good early in his career before injuries and off the field stuff kind of derailed that late in the, late in his career, but it paid off because you got the number one player in the country. But I I think the staff has a legitimate I, I think they I, I think they will take him if he wants to commit. Um I talked to Roman a little bit yesterday. He was traveling. He had a connecting flight in Texas and then got to Memphis and then had to drive obviously. 
we're going to talk when his official is over tomorrow um, just to get his thoughts on, on how everything went. But, I mean, I think this is a legitimate recruitment. I don't think this is like, okay, we're, we're bringing you in as a favor. Like, no, I mean, I think they legitimately want him. Um, it's just, I, I guess you're going to bring him in, see how he jives with the staff, with the players. I believe most of the players are back on campus now. Probably want to get around some of your, you know, potential future teammates to see how you feel with them. Um, you know, this is someone that's going to be moving across the country potentially. Um, Cause I think it's either Miami or Ole Miss. Virginia Tech was in the top three, but I don't know if he's going to go there or not. Um, I think not. And I mean, to end up there, he's already visited Blacksburg, but right. Um, Cause I do think he wants to make a decision soon and then get, you know, get the paperwork done, get everything, you know, find a dorm, move in, blah, blah, blah. Um, or an apartment, whatever. But I mean, I think there is a legitimate interest here. I don't think it's just a Jaden Rashada, Roman Rashada package deal because we, we've talked about it at nauseum on the show. Those package deals rarely happen. They very mm-hmm. rarely do. Now there are times when friends will go places with other friends. As we can see right now with Louisville and what they're doing, they have five, four stars in their class right now. And I think it's, a big thanks. I think four of the five are from California. I think Pierce Clarkson is a big part in that. The uh, son of Steve Clarkson, the quarterback guru out in California, committed to Louisville a while back, and he's been doing a phenomenal job recruiting guys from California to come play for him or play with him uh, in the in the ACC. But these like brothers or like BFF package deals are are rarely going to happen. Now, will that change with NIL? That's the curveball. I mean, you could have somebody like Yaya's frozen yogurt. Like, hey, the Rashadas get their frozen yogurt at Yaya's or whatever. Um, maybe that's in play. I don't know. Um, but I do think this is a legitimate recruitment. I don't think this is a, all right, come on in now. But if you come in, you got to tell your brother he's got to come here in two weeks before he commits. Now, Ole Miss does expect to at least try to get Jane Rashada back on campus at some point is what I was told. Um, mm-hmm. now it's, I posted, I posted in the thread yesterday at omspirit.com clock's ticking, running out of time. He said he's going to commit on June 18th. I believe that's his father's birthday. He's got, um, A&M, uh, let's see, Tuesday, Friday. He's going to A&M Friday. He's dead this weekend. And then LSU on Monday. So... Running out of time. He's already official to Ole Miss. Now there was, I believe, the loophole was available for him to come with Roman, which could have happened logistically. Could have come during the week and then gone to AM. I want to say that was originally the plan, but Rashada was just at the um uh what is it? Uh that the quarterback competition that was out in California. Um, it wasn't the retreat. It was. Um, maybe it yeah. was. Was it Steve Clarkson's thing? It might have been. He was um, just somewhere. Anyway, um, he was there. I talked to some people that were in, were in attendance. And they said that he was exhausted the first day because of traveling. Um. Because I can't remember where was he. Um, it was the QB retreat. Okay, yeah, QB retreat. 
um, performed well, but they said that when he got there, he was very vocal about how he was just exhausted from all the travel. So that might've been the case. He might've just been like, Hey man, I need to rest. And, you know, maybe that's even more an indictment on this being a legitimate recruitment that Ole Miss wants Roman Rashad and it's not just for his brother. But I know that Ole Miss is wanting to get Jaden back on campus before he announces his commitment in three weeks. Um, and with Rashada, Roman, that is Rashada, I think it is a legitimate recruitment. I mean, I watched his tape last night. Uh, I, I spent some time grinding some huddle. And he. we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the, the consistent listeners will know that we talk, or at least I have talked a lot about the the three two six scheme and and the way that Ole Miss uses a lot of flexibility, Roman provides that flexibility. He played a lot of cornerback and JUCO, but you could push him out to a free safety position. You could push him on the edge. He's really really quick off the edge. I think that maybe might be the interest in Roman is you could push him down and use him in that kind of Otis Reese esque, yeah, you know, pass rushing guy to just send him. Just say hey fly off the edge, like just beat a sluggish offensive tackle and just create chaos in the backfield. That's something that Roman does really well. He's good at man-to-man. He's good at tracking the ball, all that stuff. But where I find the most value in him, at least as a amateur evaluator, if you will, is in that kind of just send him off the edge and just push the flush the quarterback to the other side to where mm-hmm. maybe you have, you know, Ivy there waiting for the quarterback and you have Rashada chasing the quarterback into Ivy. So I, I think there is legitimate interest yeah. beyond just his brother. Um, I'd be curious to know, you know, if his brother wasn't in the mix, would there be this same legitimate interest? I don't know. But now that his brother is in the conversation, there is legitimate interest, and there should be. He's a good player that adds depth to a position that needs depth. So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, like I mean, he's a – yeah, I mean, he's a he's a big athletic guy. I mean, he's a, you know, you, you mentioned an Otis Reese type, and maybe let's say he plays a little bit like a like a bigger Jake Springer. Yeah, like very active around the line of scrimmage. Um, kids can can drop into coverage, cover tight ends, cover slot guys. You know, sitting in zone. He's athletic enough to read and react all like all that good stuff. Um, and, and as we close the book on on Roman Rashada and move on to Whit Weeks, I, it goes without saying. I mean. The Rashadas, you know, th- their father, the aforementioned um, birthday boy here in a couple weeks, you know, Harlan Rashada, you know, played DB at Arizona State in the '90s. So I mean, there's probably some some good uh, some good pedigree there, some good lineage. Um, didn't really put two and two together. Harlan Rashada is the father. He played with Pat Tillman at Arizona State, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, all right. Next on campus as we speak. Whit Weeks, the linebacker out of Oconee County, Georgia. I said this before we started, but we, we got to talk about him. He is officially visiting. Ole Miss has been coming after him pretty hard the last couple of weeks. Um, I know I've talked a lot with Jeremy Johnson of On3. He says that, that Whit Weeks is kind of, you know, I, I'm going to go check him out. He's been to Oxford before unofficially. He rave reviews about the town of Oxford. Um, I believe I pulled quotes up here, efforting, bear with me here. Um, when he spoke with Jeremy Johnson, he said, quote, I'll definitely be back. Oxford is an awesome little town. 
I mean, I had a blast. The town was awesome. The campus is awesome. The football is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Used awesome a lot. Um, he said he'd never been, but it was probably one of the neatest towns he's ever seen. It's a really clean town. It's a really cool place to be. Um, wants to get a commitment out of the way before senior season starts. He feels like if I'm focusing on 15 different schools, I'm not going to be able to engage and figure out what's good and bad about the schools that I'm interested in. So he's narrowed things down. Um, I do think that LSU is the odds on favorite here because of his brother um, who was previously at Virginia, hopped in the portal, committed to LSU. He is there now. Georgia is in the mix as well. And uh, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Stanford. Um, so he has got official visits to Georgia coming up and LSU the week after. He's unofficially visited Stanford, unofficially visited Oklahoma twice. And uh, look, I, I'll, I'll say this. Speaking from, if we're, if we're taking a step back from recruiting and looking at it in real life perspective here, as a father, if either one of my kids get offered anything to Stanford University, by God, go trees. You were going there. <laughs> I, I will let you decide at the end of the day, but there will be some heavy influence of me nudging you towards Palo Alto. Um, I do think it's the three, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. I think that's who it is. I think LSU is the leader. Um, an impressive player, though. All-state in Georgia, 6'2". He's listed at 187. He'll probably play a little bit closer, like 195 as a senior. Um, vastly underrated, but, I mean, a, a heck of an athlete, plays offense as well. And, yeah, I mean, you know, just your stereotypical, you know, linebacker, quarterback of the defense type dude that just makes plays always around the football, gobbles up tackles, um, I think on tape, not as big as Mark Robinson, but he's got some Mark Robinson to him. Very physical, but can run. Um, very good off the weak side. Runs down quarterbacks and running backs a lot, like Mark Robinson did in his one year at linebacker at Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be tough sledding to catch LSU, but Ole Miss is going to try to do that this week as they host him for his official. I really like Whit Weeks. Um, I know we, I sound like a broken record here and I, I feel like I say it every time, but it's really, it's what Ole Miss is doing where they're putting their time and effort into some of these guys that might fill out the back end of the roster that they believe has that potential to play well above their star rating. You know, you don't scoff at a, a three-star if you watch his tape and you know what he can do and you see his athleticism and you see his frame and you see the potential there, a three-star is more than a three-star. And Whit Reeks is one of those guys. He might just be a three-star recruit, could get bumped up to a four when all things are said and done. But at the time, at the current moment, he's a three-star recruit who has a lot of potential to be a division one SEC starter in year two, maybe year three and be there for two, three years. And uh, it's one of those things where I, once again, we see Lane Kiffin and his staff going after guys that they, they believe fits their scheme. Whit Weeks is very versatile. You could use him in a lot of different areas. You could use him in a as a pass rusher. You could use him in coverage. You can trust him to maybe get on a more athletic tight end. Like um, for example, Michael Trigg. I mean, obviously he won't be, well, he could be covering Michael Trigg if he ends up at LSU, but 
if he ends up at Ole Miss, he wouldn't be covering Michael Chig. But to use Michael Chig, for example, you could trust Whit Weeks. You could put him out there and say, all right, you know, just just do enough to where Michael Trigg isn't going to get open over the field and, and then proceed to tear through the secondary. You could trust a guy like Whit Weeks to go do that. You could trust a guy like Whit Weeks to even push out and s- step back into his zone coverage and be someone who – if he just happens to have the ball thrown his way, he might get his hands on the ball. He might bl- knock it down. He might even turn around and put on his jets. I mean, he ran a, a 12 to 100, which isn't particularly fast, but for a guy that's 6'2", 200-ish, 190-ish, 12-21 is nothing to scoff at. I mean, it's faster than I could run in the 100-yard dash these days. And I mean, that doesn't say much, but he's a quick dude. He's an athletic guy who you could use in a lot of different areas, which again, Ole Miss likes that because of the three, two, six scheme that they're running. All of these things coming together makes him a really valuable prospect that you can trust to develop into a solidified starter. And then again, use him on the back end of the recruiting class and then fill out the extra spots with maybe go get a, a transfer linebacker or somebody to come in and and step in and I can step in right away and be ready to go. So if Ole Miss is able to really impress Whit Weeks, particularly on his trip that he is on right now, that could be the determining factor to where he steps back, takes a look around and says, LSU wants me in more of a traditional scheme. And Baton Rouge is Baton Rouge. No knock on Baton Rouge, but Oxford is better than Baton Rouge in terms of a college town. Whit Weeks could say, all right, I like the college town in Oxford more. I like the vibe in Oxford more. And I like the fact that they're willing to trust me to be all over the field in a lot of different roles on the field a lot. That could be something that puts Ole Miss over the edge. But like you've said, and like the RPM Recruiting prediction machine predicts on the on three database more than likely ends up at LSU here. His brother being there is certainly a, not the opposite of a deterring factor. I can't think of a word, but mm-hmm. it, it helps him. He likes the system. LSU is obviously a storied strong program with a lot of hope around Brian Kelly. Um, but if he decides that he wants to be more of that versatile player, Ole Miss is the place to do that. He could be in a lot of different roles. He could fill that Chance Campbell role by the time he's a junior senior where he's the anchor of the defense. So the potential's there. He's a really good prospect, probably ends up at LSU. Um, but if he ends up in Oxford, it's because there's an opportunity to really just use him as a weapon rather than mm-hmm. a specific position. Yeah. And I mean, look, Ole Miss has had success recruiting Georgia. Chris Partridge has a big presence in that state. And now they have Dane Stevens added to the staff. He is on a ton of guys, 23, 24, 25 guys um, that Ole Miss was not remotely in on. And now they are, they're either having them in for unofficials or getting them in for officials they're in their top schools list, yada, yada, yada. I mentioned Stanford earlier. Uh, Caden Lee 
the receiver from Hillgrove, is from Georgia. Ole Miss is very high on him. He received a Stanford offer uh, this week. And um, he shares my sentiment about the Cardinal and said it was a huge deal. Um, but, all right, we're going to take our break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the weekend official visitors. And then uh, we'll get into some uh, statistics for the College World Series as uh, Ole Miss snuck in the, uh, the back door. And by the back door, I mean the doggy door. Like they squeezed in, held their breath, sucked it in, and got in that, that, uh, that doggy door to get into the tournament as a three seed in Coral Gables. I don't even know when they're going to start that regional because there's apparently a hurricane going on down there. Um, but we'll get to it. So hang tight. We'll be right back. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to Smash Burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that and more, 
the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson Weir coming to you here. All right, Grayson, let's get into the big ones. The weekend visitors, two on three consensus, four stars. Big, big names. One being John Tay Cook second out of DeSoto High School, Texas. The 47th overall prospect in the 2023 on three consensus rankings. Supposed to go to Florida. Changed his mind, is now coming to Oxford this weekend on Friday. The quote that went viral uh, last week, he doesn't go away. He can't, no matter what I do or say, he won't go away. I post something and Lane will ask, what about my offense? That's good recruiting. He still likes me and he's still recruiting me. And Anyone recruiting me this late, I like and I'm interested in. So this is huge. He released a top five. Ole Miss was not included in it. Florida was. Now, he could still officially visit Florida, but had it on the docket. Billy Napier and them were expecting him in town this weekend, opted for Oxford. Still think it's a long shot at this point. Long shot, Longhorn. Texas is the leader. I believe they are still sitting at 65% per his RPM. A&M at 26.7, then Oregon at 2 Ole Miss at 1.3. Um, Oregon made his top five, I believe, if I remember that correctly. Obviously, the Aggies and the Longhorns made it as well. I think this is uh, one to keep an eye on. Uh, his top five that he released, May 1st, A&M, Michigan, Texas, Florida, Jackson State. So Oregon did not make it, but they're still in the mix. They're trying to get him in for an official visit. Um, Jackson State being in there is interesting. I don't know if he's going to try to follow the Travis Hunter route. I don't think he will. I still think it's Texas's to lose here. He's tight with Arch Manning. I think you and I both still think that Arch will end up at Texas. Um, but AM yeah. is fighting. Michigan's fighting. And then Florida, obviously, is going to try to get him back into town since he is now coming to Oxford. So we've talked a lot about him last week. Again, if and when he shows up, because you never know, still think he's going to, but getting him on campus is half the battle. It is. Again, probably a long shot, but maybe you stick him with the offensive staff. You show them what Lane Kiffin has done with receivers in the past. 
you show him what Lane Kiffin has done with receivers in the recent few, in the recent past. I mean, what, with what he's done at Ole Miss, he's he's gotten guys drafted. He's turned them into the the Elijah Moore. You know, is the big one that, here. That's a great point. Not to cut you off, that might be even more impressive than what he did with Elijah Moore. Was that he got Don Terrio Drummond and Braylon Sanders enough touches to where they're on NFL rosters at this moment, and they were both right. banged up, and he really still got them up. good looks. Now, obviously. They did a lot of the work too, not taking anything away from those two guys. But I mean, he tweaked the offense, made it work, and now look at him. So yeah, I mean, Elijah Moore is a big deal. Second round draft pick, New York Jets, probably poised to be one or two, maybe the number one or number two target for the Jets and, and Zach Wilson. But yeah, show him that. I mean, show him, show him what you did with Ardarius Stewart at Alabama. Exactly. Show what and you we, did with the Mark Cooper and, you know, all the, the different wrinkles he threw in that 2014-2015 offense. Yep, and, and and that's how you get him to Oxford over schools like Texas and Alabama. We talked about Jonte's game last week. Um, really fast off the ball. Really good at getting steps on defenders. Really quick in space. Um, or really quick and con- concise small spaces. Um, really able to adapt when it comes to his, his route tree. Um, you know, if he's, if the defensive back isn't giving him something over the top, he's able to cut back inside and make a play similarly to Elijah Moore, where Elijah had a lot of his routes on the line of scrimmage written in stone. But then once he got out there on the field, he would mix things up and get open and Corral would find him. So John Jay's a really awesome receiver with a lot of really big interest. Um, I think the fact that he's a four-star is surprising just because of the way that five-star inflation is these days. I think he would be considered, I mean, it depends on where, you know, who you talk to, but you could, you could make the argument that he is the top, if not top one, two, or three uh, wide receivers in the country. So the fact that he's a four-star, you know, is probably correct, but in today's day and age of five-star inflation and the fact that there are so many five-star kids in the recruiting cycles these days, Jonte should probably be there with them, um, at least in my opinion. Really good prospect, really twitchy, really fast. Would be a fantastic addition to this wide receiver room uh, where you know that Jackson Dart will be there next year. I think it's a long shot, but... Stranger things have happened in recruiting and this weekend will be crucial in showing him why Ole Miss should be in the mix with Alabama and Texas, because once you get a kid on campus, you can really make your point and make your pitch and sell a kid on why they need to be in your team versus others. Uh, Ole Miss has the opportunity to do so this weekend with John T. Cook, the second and maybe by the time he leaves, he's got a little more perspective on Oxford, more perspective on the offense, more perspective on Kiffin. I, I don't know all too many differences between a guy like Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin. I mean, they came, they're cut from literally the same cloth. I mean, mm-hmm. they both got their start at the same place at the same time on the same side of the ball. 
Um, so if Steve Sarkeesian can convince Jonte Cook to play for him, I don't see why Elaine Kiffin couldn't. Um, it's a long shot, but it's not impossible. Yeah, I, I mean, look, just do what you did with Jalen Robinson and just show him cut yep. us up Elijah Moore. Put him on the marquee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they better. They better. We'll talk about it on Friday. All right. Um, on the flip side, going from one long shot to someone that I think Ole Miss leads for in a big way, Marvin Burks Jr. will be in town as well. The safety out of St. Louis, Missouri. Cardinal Ritter College Prep, a really good program up there in the show-me state. Ole Miss has jumped up in the RPM race for him in a big way, close to 93% right now, taking over the top spot that was previously held by Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers. I wrote in my post previewing the week and the weekend, I don't know if a commitment is imminent. Um, Burks has been adamant about giving everybody a fair shake. He said he's pretty open-minded to learn about any school and he's going to take his time with the process. So it may not be something where he visits and then, you know, commits on Monday or Tuesday, but he says, um, quote, everyone's going to have great facilities. I'm just looking for a coaching staff that makes me feel comfortable and the strength and conditioning coaches, because that's who I'm going to be with the most. Um, now talking about that, um, you know, Ole Miss has, probably one of the better strength and conditioning coaches um, in the country. And I am completely drawing a blank on his name as I am scrolling Nick Savage. Cannot believe I couldn't remember that, but formerly at Florida with Dan Mullen, the players in Gainesville raved about him. They practically begged for him to stay on staff with Billy Napier Billy Napier wanted to do things his way, bring in his own people, understandable. Lane Kiffin snatched him up. That was a huge hire. So he has been um, – we're kind of saying it over and over, but, I mean, Lane Kiffin has done a phenomenal job filling the holes on his staff since the offseason began with all the, the exits and people were like, what's going on? Why are all these people leaving? And, you know, strength and conditioning in particular – I don't think anyone can fault Wilson Love for going to Oregon with the facilities they have, the budget, everything at your disposal there. It's better than Ole Miss. I mean, come on, let's not kid ourselves. That's a better setup for our strength and conditioning coach to be there. I don't think it had anything to do with bad blood or he didn't want to be at Ole Miss with Kiffin anymore. I don't think that was, I mean, Wilson Love is Kiffin's dude. I mean, they knew each other at Alabama. They knew each other at FAU. I, I, I never got any sense from anyone that Wilson Love is not happy at Ole Miss. I think it was just too good of an opportunity for him and his family to pass up. With that said, that quote is interesting for him to point that out because that's true. I mean, the, I mentioned the players are back in town. They're about to spend a lot of time with Nick Savage and his staff because it is going to be all strength and conditioning all the time, getting ready for fall camp. Um but, yeah, I think that Ole Miss is in a terrific spot for Marvin Burks Jr. Uh, you bring him in for an official, give him the, you know, you roll out that red carpet, show him all the facilities, show him everything, how he fits into the scheme. And I think that this is a phenomenal opportunity for Ole Miss to, once again, get somebody on the back end of that defense, like an A.J. Finley, um, you know, going through the years, you know, prior to Kiffin, 
Um, Ole Miss has had some really good safety play, and you have to have that as college football continues to evolve. People are throwing more vertical, getting downfield in a hurry. You need somebody that can know the defense on the fly, can get people in the right spots. I mean, I think that's why A.J. Finley is so valuable on the back end. That's why he's an all-SEC guy. That's why he's a Chucky Mullins award uh, recipient because he knows the defense so well and he can put people in the right spots. Um, I think they think Marvin Burks Jr. can be that guy. I think we talked about Marvin last week. I, I won't get too much into his, his play. Um, he definitely can be that guy. I, I think he's a really, really, really good prospect. And, and I say three wheelies intentionally because he is that good and he fits a lot of different spaces on the defense he can play a lot of different positions you can move him around you can have him all over the field just like i've said with all the other guys that almost continues to recruit on the defensive side of the ball they just want athletes and marvin burks jr is an athlete i think the team to watch here to maybe sneak into the mix is actually louisville louisville is they're doing a fantastic job with their nil oh. efforts um yeah i had someone recently tell me that louisville lewis Louisville and Louisville are incorrect. It's almost um, like you, you have to say it like uh, like you have like a mouthful of peanut butter. Like peanut yeah, butter like, stuck on the roof of your mouth. Like, exactly. Louisville. Um, I, I was corrected recently in public, and I will never make that mistake again. So I think Louisville could get in the mix here because their, their NIL um, efforts are, are really fantastic to the point where they signed a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but they signed a guy yesterday who was um, DeAndre Moore Jr. is who it was. And he was looking at Texas and was considered, you know, a pretty heavy lean towards Texas, at least in the eyes of those from Texas. And then once Louisville got his commitment, all the Texas people started freaking about freaking out about their NIL efforts in comparison to the Cardinals. So while Marvin Burks Jr. appears to be kind of a two-team race here between Ole Miss and Missouri with Ole Miss, at least from everyone we've spoken to and, and all that stuff, pretty comfortably in the lead, uh, Louisville could sneak in there at the last second and maybe drop him a bag, although I don't think that will be the case. I don't think that will be a factor in his recruitment. I think he wants to go play where it makes the most sense for him. And Ole Miss ultimately seems to be that place. So really excited. As a fan, you should be really excited for a guy like Marvin Burks Jr. If his commitment ends up coming to fruition about who he could become, where you could play him, and the player that he is currently and will only continue to be as he grows and develops and gets into a college system and a college weight room. So I think it's – I'm not going to say it's a done deal – because there are always, you know, until that door is closed, it's open. But Marvin Burks Jr. seems to be trending towards playing for the Ole Miss Rebels in the fall of 2023, and that's really exciting from a defensive standpoint. And as we said last week, if Missouri gets their, gets their claws dug in on an in-state guy, typically it can be hard to pull them away. But uh, Ole Miss looks like they're attempting to do so right now. So definitely stay locked in at omspirit.com, part of On3. As we head towards the weekend, we'll have all the updates of 
both Jonte Cook and Marvin Burks Jr.'s official visits. Um, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll close up this Wednesday edition of the show with a little baseball and, uh, I don't know, something else along the way. We'll figure something else to talk about. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed, wrapping up this Wednesday edition all right, Grayson, I posted uh, some statistics on the board last night, and I wanted to run them out to you because I don't think I've shared them with you yet. Um, but I was interested on the, the, the percentages, the numbers, all that good stuff. So I looked it up. This was, uh, I believe, NCAA.com helped me out here. So shout out to uh, the Death Star over there. Um <laughs> All right, here's how often each seed makes the men's college world series. No surprise, one seeds 75% of the time, 132 total. And I believe these numbers were through 2021. I don't believe it was before or after, but whatever. The percentages might be skewed a tad bit, but you get it. One seeds 75% of the time, two seeds. 15.3% of the time, 27 total, three seeds. If you're hell-bent on getting the Rebs there, 8.5% of the time, 15 total, four seeds coming in at 1.1%. Only two have made it. 
So last year, everyone that made it to Omaha was a one seed except for NC State, who was a two, and Virginia, who was a three. According to over two decades worth of data, this has all been collected by NCAA, an average of six out of eight College World Series participants each year are one seeds. So these are one seeds in regionals, just to clarify in case anyone's not caught up. The 2013 College World Series remains the only example where all eight participants came from the top seed line. So this is kind of, you know, reminiscent of, and I don't know, you could probably help me out if it's happened since then, but remember the 2008 Final Four was the first time that it was all one seeds. Okay. When it was Memphis, UCLA, Kansas, and shit, I can't remember who else it was. It was when Mario Chalmers hit the three. Right. I don't think it's happened since then, but I, I okay. can't quote myself on that. So, so it doesn't have a lot. In 2007, only three one seeds made it to Omaha. That was a 21-year low mark. It was the lowest in 21 years. Oregon State became the first three seed under the current format to win a national title that year, beating number one seed North Carolina in the finals. Since then, there have been eight instances of seven one seeds to make the final field. That includes 2008, which just mentioned for, for the final four. That year was when four seed and eventual national champion Fresno State was the outlier. Interesting. Crazy, right? Yeah, that is bananas. Um, if we go back, I have a, have a story about this. This will anecdote here passed along from a buddy of mine that played college baseball and now he said this was like second and third hand but you know take it whatever i just think this is great rumor mill stuff so the runner up that year was georgia that was with uh, gordon beckham and that whole crew that georgia team was loaded going to let's see all this was in this field Ole Miss was, ah, how about this? They were in the Miami Regional. Hmm. Made it to the regional final. Got whipped by Miami. And then Miami ended up beating out Arizona in three games to go to the World Series. All right, so in that World Series field, you had Florida State, who was 54-12. and 12, Fresno State, 42-29. and 29, Georgia was 41, 23 and one. LSU was 48, 17 and one. Miami was 52 and nine that year. North Carolina, 51 and 12. Rice, 47 and 13. Man, shout out to the Owls, man. When they had Wayne Graham, they were a machine. Went 21 and three in the Conference USA. And then Stanford rounded out the field 39, 22 and two. Got all the way down to the finals, obviously. Georgia beat Fresno State 7-6 in game one. Fresno State 19-10 winners in game two. And then they beat them 5-1, or no, 6-1 in the, in the final game three to win the national championship. Um, so this was like a Georgia team that had like Trevor Holder, um, Joshua Fields, I already mentioned Gordon Beckham, who was just like a – cheat code um i gotta pull up his stats because i remember they were bananas um let's head on over to the good old baseball cube great website for looking at statistics so that year 
He had 77 RBIs. He hit 411, OBP of 519, and OPS of 1.323. 22 doubles and 28 home runs. 113 hits that year. Now, it's different bats, obviously. Um, but the story I was going to share was that was revealed to me by a buddy who played college baseball, knows a ton of people in college baseball circles, said, um, I sent him these statistics earlier today, and he responded and said, man, Fresno State was wild. He said, apparently Georgia that year, he said they were a wild-ass team. He said while they were in Omaha, they apparently would get shithoused and we're just like destroying people. So going Good through, God. going through the bracket. So they beat that that fifty two and nine Miami team. They beat them seven to four opening game. Snuck by Stanford four to three. Beat Stanford again ten to eight, and then obviously had the run against Fresno State. But um, the story was that they were just partying nonstop while they were there, and then finally ran into Fresno State, and they were just hungover when they got to the third game <laughs> and Fresno State ended up beating them. But I thought that was pretty funny, but Hey, you know, we're all the same. We're all, we're, you know, college kids. We're all, we're all built the same way. Um, so maybe Ole Miss needs to get schmammered all week. <laughs> they're gonna have pl- going out there. They're going to have plenty of time apparently because the weather does not look great in Coral Gables. So no, it does not. So, um, and segue into the final thing here before we wrap up talking baseball. I was looking at a couple mock drafts. If you're one of those conspiracy theorists that are praying for Ole Miss to get either Jackson Ferris and or Roman Anthony to campus. Um, I looked at ESPN's recent mock. They had Jackson Ferris listed as possibly going 18th overall to the Reds. Um, they have the pick as Cole Young, who's from Pennsylvania, committed to Duke. Um, but they said they're also tied to some players based in Florida, including prep lefty Jackson Ferris. And then, uh, interest, interestingly enough, no Roman Anthony on this mock. Wow. Who I, who I have described to people as a Terminator version of JB Woodman. Um, love that. I love that actually. They also have Ferris listed as going to the Cleveland Guardians in the competitive balance round A. Um, so that's like a compensation pick, like not signing a draft pick the year before where you're offering like a qualifying offer to a big leaguer and they decline it for free agency. So that's what that is. Um, and then MLB.com did a mock draft on May 25th. Same thing with Ferris. They list him as a prep, uh, a prep uh, prospect that the Cardinals could take. Um with a 22nd pick, they do have Brandon Barrera, 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 Um, He's from Florida. He's a left-handed pitcher. So Ferris is listed as a possibility there. And then he's also listed as a potential at the 26th pick with the White Sox. And then they also list him the Giants and 30th pick and then supplemental first round pick 32nd to the Reds. So, if you're a betting man, I don't think Jackson Ferris is showing up in Oxford, regardless of who the coach is. He is not going to be in Oxford. When you are left-handed and you are 6'3", 6'4", and you touch 97, 98 on a regular basis, not happening. Nope. Unless you're Tennessee and 
Tony Vitello is your coach and he somehow figures it out. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't bet on him, but Roman Anthony again is not listed in this one. Now I don't know. Haven't asked around yet because for a while it was not even worth my time to inquire about these two. Not sure what either of their number is. Um, they've always said all the right things about Ole Miss. They said they want to play in Oxford. They want to play in the SEC. Um, but if you're picking one of the two to cross your fingers and say a prayer to whatever God you worship, um, it would be Roman Anthony. Um, but he has had a – his senior season's over with. Uh, Stoneman Douglas won another state championship. I mean, he went on a tear for like a month where he was hitting like tape measure home runs every game. Every game. So still not sure if he makes it either, but, and these are just mock drafts. So, you know, just like any mock draft, take it with a grain of salt, but he's not listed. So there you go. But Jackson Ferris, I I think it's safe to say he's probably not going to be wearing the powder blue on Sunday as a true freshman. No, he won't. Especially if there's a coaching changeover, which, we will see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little worried. We're not even going to play the the regional at all this weekend. I, I, you think the NCAA might try to get out ahead of things, but so they would move it to Arizona, right? Since they're the two seed, probably, or I had to perhaps guess. like uh, maybe like that's a farther than... or a Birmingham or somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Would it be a neutral site, or would it's it, what be... it should be? Would Miami get to pick? That would be interesting. I don't know. I don't think there's ever been, at least since I've been a college baseball fan, which would be, no, no, definitely not. But I've been a college baseball fan since probably 2012-ish. I really started getting into it. And um, I have not seen a situation like this. It's going to be really, really difficult to get these games in. I mean, we're looking at a tropical storm rolling in Friday afternoon evening which is right when you're getting the first probably about halfway through the first game of the day um and then saturday's a rain out sunday is a pretty good shot of being if not a rain out because of the day before then a rain out because of the rain that's coming on top of the rain that's coming on saturday and then you got to get in six seven six seven games on Monday into Tuesday. So now I don't know, and you may or may not as well. I've seen back and forth a couple of times. People are saying it has to be done by Tuesday. I do know that to be the case, but does that mean Tuesday at I feel like, 12 a.m.? Or does that mean yeah. Tuesday at 11.59 p.m.? I don't really know that because it seems to me like right now they're trying to play it or at least gearing up to play the regional rather than Friday, Saturday, Sunday, almost more like a mm. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But again, I don't know that confidently. And mm. all of this goes to say there's so much up in the air that, you know, does Mike Bianco keep his job if Ole Miss doesn't play in the regional? Does Mike be able to keep, keep his job if Ole Miss does play in the regional and then loses to Miami? Does Mike Bianco keep his job if Ole Miss goes in and loses to Canisius on Saturday after losing to Arizona on Friday? I mean, there's so many different possibilities here. And all of this is contingent on these games being played in which Ole Miss could have a pretty difficult path ahead of them to winning a regional, but it's not impossible. Yeah. And then if that happens, 
one way or another, does Mike keep his job? If Mike keeps his job, then does the recruiting class stay intact? Does a guy like Jackson Ferris, no matter where he's drafted, go to the league? Does Roman Anthony decide, you know what, screw it, even though I'm a third-round pick, I'm not interested in playing for the next guy in Oxford. So stay tuned to hashtag not committed with Zach Barry and Grayson Weir because we will keep you abreast on all things recruiting and all of the different things that are up in the air and all of the chaos that's going on. My goodness, what a, a ridiculously confusing time for baseball in particular right now. Um, I'm of the hope that they do play the games, obviously, but maybe the sick, twisted, sicko committee in me hopes that maybe Ole Miss just doesn't play this weekend. And maybe that closes the door on what has been a long and consistently average to above average career for Mike Bianco and Oxford. But obviously I do hope that they play this weekend and I hope that Ole Miss wins just because it's, you should never root against your own team, even if the situation calls for it, but we'll see. Maybe the rain will just take a hard swing, right? And go hit the Bahamas. God, that's a terrible thing to wish out loud. Once I said it, obviously I hope that the tropical storm, just go out in the middle of the ocean. Yes. Just, just go elsewhere. So Ole Miss can get these games in, but as of right now, it does not look like Ole Miss will be playing until Sunday at the earliest, unless they pack it up and move it North. Here's my, Here's my one, like, spin zone that would be fun. I sent you a picture. What if they flip it and give the four seed the regional and they go play on this uh, dimpy sports complex field? So for those who aren't looking at this picture that Zach sent me, y'all go Google Canisius College baseball field. That's all you need to do. It is Wow, this is wild. It combines what do you what is this, Zach? A softball field? It looks like uh, softball, baseball, and they use it as soccer and, and probably like probably, yeah. Oh my god. It's a god. multi-sports complex, but I don't know what the dimensions are for baseball. Let me see. Um this is insane. If Seriously, if, if you're listening right now at this point in the podcast, first of all, <laughs> thank you like and subscribe leave a review second of all google canisius college baseball field this is bananas and it's all 12 1200 capacity good god i mean they could put a temporary fence in and then have some like temporary bleachers out there <laughs> to let people get out there and you got space to tailgate and hang out i mean come on let's just get weird it's in buffalo new york let the golden griffins host a regional that would be so much fun. And this field is absolutely bananas. I saw a thread the other day on Twitter. It was going through like the weirdest fields in oh, Ohio. Out Utah? Or yeah, Utah oh. was the other one. I saw them both. Maybe we should do college fields because Canisius very well might be atop this list. This is bananas. Yeah, that would be that'd be fun. So yeah, hopefully they get the games in. I believe you're right. They do have to be completed by Tuesday because obviously whoever moves on to the super regional needs time to rest. Right. And get ready to travel. It to is Tuesday, going. but I don't know if it's like eleven fifty nine on Monday or if it's eleven fifty nine on Tuesday. You know, I don't know if you can play games on Tuesday because if that is the case, then you're likely playing Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. If that's not the case, 
I mean, the NCAA has set the precedent with the women's golf tournament, uh, not last year, but two years ago, maybe last year, but they canceled a regional because of rain during the women's golf uh, national championship. Oh, that's right. And the number one seed just advances on default. So hopefully yeah, that's people, not the case. people were pissed about that. And rightfully so. So hopefully there's Miami no way they'll go do through. that. I, I don't know what else they do. It does not look like they will be playing Friday or Saturday. So, I mean, I think they'll, they'll probably up. they'll probably let them finish, and then because I'm pretty sure they start some. Because um, what there's eight super regionals, and I believe they start four on Friday and four on Saturday. So maybe you, they would just be a default Saturday. Yeah, either either Hattiesburg or Baton Rouge, maybe. Yeah. <sighs> So just glad I don't have to figure it out. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Like, subscribe, leave a review, keep up with us. Homespirit.com, part of on three. We'll have all of the ins and outs, news and notes on the official visitors that are in town this week. And we will talk to y'all later this week. Probably going to be a Friday show. Um, and uh, we will uh, recap what happened with the uh, two early week visitors. And then we'll once again, talk John T. Cook, Marvin Burks, as they are probably either arriving in town or getting ready to arrive. So thanks again to Grayson. Thanks to you, the listener for bearing with us. So we go on these random tirades and of course, thanks to the sponsors for making the show possible. So until Friday, we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.